Hi, it's Roger here. I know that not everybody can access uh, the message online or um, watch uh, even what we did on Mothering Sunday as a first church online. Um, So what we're seeking to do is put this out so that hopefully people can access it in a different format and an audio format. So some of this uh, that was visual, it may well be difficult to understand going on, but we hope that through you having something is better than having nothing and that God um, uses this over the next half an hour or so uh, to bless you so god bless this was exactly as it came across to those who tuned in uh, to our website uh, live on sunday the 22nd of march at 10 30 hi welcome to dorchester community church come on in Thank you for joining us. My name is Roger. I'm one of the leaders of Dorchester Community Church. And can I say happy Mother's Day as well. This is our uh, token gesture there for the uh, relevance there of Mother's Day. And if you're a guy watching this, well, obviously that wasn't uh, for you whatsoever. I don't know where you're up to with your own Mother's Day uh, stuff. I've still got to sort out uh, some gift wrapping for for my own uh, mum. This one, a pack of pasta. This was before the the fight that broke out at Lidl's uh, for the last pack. So I did well to get that. So I've got to actually uh, focus on that. Uh, obviously not a whole uh, tub of hand sanitizer. I want to keep some of that back uh, for myself. And then also thought, well, yeah, I've got to be uh, done a toilet roll as well. Uh, Mum uh, told me that uh, it's the thought that counts. Uh, so obviously these uh, things being highly sought after, I thought that would, uh, that would be great. Well, coronavirus uh, obviously has hit our nation like nothing uh, before. But also, by the way, we shop often no bread or milk. And the greed of some is meaning, sadly, that others miss out. But we're going to actually just pause to go back to the future. When the date becomes the 22nd of March 2050, imagine it. It's going to be an iconic day for Marty. As it's predicted, he will open the last pack of toilet rolls his parents bought 30 years before. Well, coronavirus, of course, is no laughing matter. But that's why we're actually going to look at this subject today. As we do so, it is imperative that we hold on to our sense of humour. I guess you've seen a lot of the stuff that's made uh, me smile that's been around on social media. Humour connects us, doesn't it? It releases the tension a little bit, and the human smile is in itself infectious, but infectious in a positive way. Just allow yourself that. It is okay to smile. Coronavirus. Where's God? In control, a Christian might say. In the midst of the pain, another might add. Well, both of those are good answers, but you may well actually have other views. If God's so powerful, well, why don't he do anything? If God is all loving, then why doesn't he step in and actually eliminate all the suffering? Is this judgment on sin? Is this a sign that the end is nigh? Good questions, although not necessarily that uh, lightweight in terms of it being Mother's Day today. Before we react with our own emotion or our own, our own take on events of recent weeks, let's pause 
to hear some words from the Bible. Now, I could at this point have quoted, as some people uh, have already done uh, to me this week in jest, things like words from the book of of James that says, wash your hands, you sinners. I thought that was particularly amusing. Or in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. Again, very amusing, but instead, I want us to listen to the words of Jesus. This is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And Eve is going to be reading that to us right now. The reading today is taken from Matthew, chapter 6, starting at the 25th verse. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and let your heavenly Father feed them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry asking, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Scottish professor James S. Stewart once made a helpful distinction between the foreground and the background of life. He used the metaphor of a painting and said that life is both a foreground and a background. The foreground are the things that are right there in front of us, the things that we easily focus on and can feel that are right on top of us. It's the things that are seen. The background of life is maybe the invisible, unseen spiritual realities that are behind and beyond us. And we need to be clear that those two things are not divided. Just like the foreground and the background are two parts of the very same painting and are interconnected and relate to one another. Well, so too the seen and the unseen, the physical and the spiritual make up the portrait, if you like, of our lives and our world. Trouble is... All too often, all we see is that which is in the foreground. Our immediate problems, and we've lost sight of the unseen, divine, eternal background that's meant to put everything else into proper perspective. That's what I want us to think about a little bit today. So what is in the foreground? Well, the foreground right now is uh, what the World Health Organization have officially declared the coronavirus, COVID-19, to be a pandemic. You'll be aware of that. Our foreground is the frightening possibilities coming from the news reports that we're hearing every day. Increasing death toll, 
No cure. Schools closing. Businesses sadly going under. People losing their jobs. NHS ICUs filling to capacity. Health fears for the elderly and the vulnerable. Those classified as high risk. And on top of that, says he with heavy heart, the postponing of the Eurovision Song Contest. We just pause right now. Well, beneath every cloud. Our foreground right now is the virus and all that affects, uh, and, um, and all that the effects that this might still have on our society, economy, family, and of course day-to-day living. That's the foreground. But we have to somehow remember that that is only the foreground. There is still a background. What is that background? Well, the background, that's the spiritual realities and the promises that are meant to be uh, put, <clears throat> that are meant to put all of that into a right perspective. And this is what Jesus is showing here from that reading in Matthew chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, then check it out uh, for yourself. He recognises both the foreground and the background of life. He's not dismissing the foreground of our immediate cares and needs or even our pain. But he's wanting us to see that that is not and never is the whole picture. He wants to see our needs in light of the colourful background of God's character and love for us. And it's in the light of that background that Jesus teaches us two things. The first is something to avoid, and the second is something to pursue. Well, we're going to actually think about both of those two things right now. The first thing we're told is this, do not be anxious. The second thing we're told is, seek first the kingdom of God. So he doesn't just look at the negative, he gives us the positive. And that's always the way that true Christianity works. And so in light of the background, Jesus gives us two commands. Do not be anxious and seek first the kingdom. So we're going to consider both these. First, Jesus says, well, do not be anxious. Well, thanks for that. That may well sound really helpful right now when actually everything that we're thinking is with worry and with anxiety about what may well lie ahead. Just in case we were dozing off the first time Jesus said that, or got distracted when he said it the second time, he says it three times in that passage that we have read to us. Do not be anxious. But did you catch the word that comes right before it each time? Verse 25, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious. Verse 31, therefore, do not be anxious. Verse 34, uh, therefore, do not be anxious. It means a Christian's peace is always meant to be a rational peace. It means we don't have to somehow dig and muster it up for ourselves. It means that we're meant to know that something that's logically and spiritually that's there removes that sense of anxiety having to be our lot when it comes our way. Now I do understand that there are times when anxiety is in fact a chemical issue that only medicine can remedy, maybe a mental health issue, But remember, Christians always have a therefore. What is that therefore? Well, it means in one sense as a result of, and that must refer to what goes on before. And all that goes on before in the chapter is to do with God being real and being there for us as a heavenly father. Jesus tells us of the father who sees. And then when it comes to prayer, we're told of the father who knows and who hears. And then here, we're told... That God is our Father who cares and who provides. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, a little bit later on in the New Testament says this. Cast all your anxieties upon him, 
for he cares for you. And I hope you're able to own that today. But the problem that Jesus points out in verse 25 is that all too often we're only focused on the foreground. We're focused on the wrong things and maybe asking the wrong questions. All we're focused on is our immediate needs. And all we're asking is, well, what if? What if I don't get? What if this happens? What if that happens? What about my needs? So what does Jesus do? Well, starting from verse 26, he brings the background into view. He says, look, look at the birds of, of the air and the lilies of the field. Maybe even the daffodils, we may well say, in the springtime. Who feeds them? Who dresses them? It's God. God, the God that we believe in here, is managing the entire bird economy. And this is why Jesus says, are you not of more value than they? And the answer is, of course you are. In me, God is your father and you are his children. And every decent father in their right mind knows how much he cares for his children. Now, whether or not parents actually verbalise that 24-7, especially after kids have been uh, off school for the next 12 weeks, is maybe another thing. What is Jesus doing? He's getting us to see the background, as well as what we see in the foreground. That behind every good thing in all creation is the loving, sustaining hand of God. And we could do with that assurance Right now, I'm sure you could. The late atheist Christopher Hitchens wrote, There is no escape from anxiety. You may well feel that right now. Why did he say that? Because in one sense he was refusing to ever acknowledge that there was a background at all. If we cut God out of the picture, we will always be plagued by yet another anxiety that's lurking around the corner or over our shoulder. But at a time like this, it's a very valid question to ask, well, where's God? It is a good question. But why is it only in the hard times that we tend to ask that question? When the sun is shining and times are good and life is comfortable and our team is winning, which in my case being an R-supporter isn't that often these days, or our health is strong, then why aren't we then played in those moments with the question, where is God? Probably it's related to our own selfishness, blinding us from the background of God being all good. So, when times are good, we tend to ignore God. But when times are bad, we tend to question Him. We've got to blame somebody after all. Well, let's blame God. Where is God? Well, where was Jesus? Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So where was Jesus? Well, in John chapter 2, we find him making wine at a wedding. Now, I like that kind of Jesus, don't you? But then in John chapter 11... We find him crying tears at a funeral of a close friend. Where is Jesus? Well, he's at the wedding. And he's at the funeral. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. So where is God? Well, he's at the wedding and he's at the funeral. Do you get where I'm coming from? He's there on our good days and he's there on our bad days. He's the God of the hills and the God of the valleys. He's the God in the midst of our laughter and in the God the God in the midst of our tears. He's the God that we need right now. When Easter comes, and that's not too far away, we remember this Jesus dying on a cross. Someone once said, it may be Friday, but Sunday is coming. I like that. Even death, you see, wasn't the end for Jesus. And that says to me that there's always hope. That's something that deep down, I don't know where it comes from, but is there certainly for me right here and now. However dark and gloomy, 
the news may well look right now. It's not the end of the story, it never is. But it is maybe a time to take seriously our own mortality. As a church leader in the New Testament, there was a guy called Paul. And he declared his confidence to one church when he said these words in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I like that. To a healthy perspective. It's been a verse, short verse that's been going over and over in my own mind uh, this week, which is why I wanted to mention it uh, today. I was asked this week if I was afraid of dying from the coronavirus. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. Why? Well, probably somehow, in a way that I can't fully explain, but for the same reason as Paul. For me to live is Christ. There's something that's very real about the God that I know is there for me in the here and now. But if I was to die, well, I'm not looking forward to the journey and the process and the pain involved, but actually to die is gain. I believe that. It's important we hold on to that. That's what we believe here at Dorchester Community Church. Where is God? Well, he's our ever-present help in our time in the time of need. That's the background. So the problem actually isn't with God. The problem is with us. We only see the bad stuff that's in the foreground. And right now, that's probably all we're fully able to see. And then we panic. Why? Well, because we feel somehow this is all down to us. We need to wash our hands. We need to do this. We need to do that. Now, I'm not uh, advocating we should do that. Obviously, there are right uh, cleanliness procedures that we should all be doing. and Keeping safe distance and self-isolating and all the rest. But for once, we're not in control. And we just hate that. So what are you focused on? What questions are you churning over in your heart and in your mind? Don't be anxious, Jesus says. But then, as I said, we're also given something to do. We're given the positive. So very briefly, we're going to look at that. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. And what on earth does that mean? Well, before we try and answer that, I want you to see the helpful connection that Jesus makes for us here. In verse 32, Jesus connects our anxiety with our seeking. He says the Gentiles, which in essence uh, in his day were the equivalent of maybe we would say the non-church community uh, in ours. He says, well, they're the ones that are seeking after the physical, tactile things of life. And we can maybe include uh, our health and our current fears over uh, COVID-19 within that. That's all that they want. That's all that they're prepared to talk about. And that's why they're anxious about it, because it's that that's the only thing they're able to see. Our anxieties reveal our priorities. We get anxious about the things we put our hope in, and that, of course, includes our health. How often have you heard somebody say to you, well, as long as we've got our health, that's the main thing? Is it? So what does Jesus do? Well, again, he calls the background into view. And he says, let me give you something else to seek after that's a positive. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's about priorities because he says, get this right and all the other stuff, all of that will then come anyway. So just chill. Whoever you are, seek to get God, the God, the God bit right first. Until we do, then all the other parts of our lives will be out of kilter anyway. Warped and just not quite right. Maybe there's that God... Uh, piece of the, the jigsaw puzzle that's come, come somehow missing. No matter what else you've got, you know there's something deep down that's not quite right. I want to finish with this. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus stated somewhat bold words, Do not fear what can destroy the body. Fear God who can destroy both body and soul in hell. 
And he asked this calculating question. What should it profit a person if he gains the whole world and yet loses his soul? One of the things that times like this calls us back to is the brevity and fragility of life. And the great question of where do I stand with God? Now I'm certainly not one of those who's actually screaming from the rooftops. Well this is all happening because God is angry. No, that's not my picture of God at all. Stuff happens because our world is already in a mess. You don't need me to convince you of that. What I do see, however, is that the world is being shot, shot to its core. We're numb, we're in fear. We don't know what to do, we don't know where to turn. I believe it's into this reality that God is whispering to those who have ears to hear him. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. But first, seek me. Turn to me and trust me. Then you'll know what to do. The rest will be okay. If you're a Christian, there's no better time for you to put your faith into practice. To demonstrate that you're feeling okay by the way that you live. The peace that you have or your proactive caring of others. We're seeking to do that through something that we call food share here as a church. We're the most vulnerable, needy families in our community. We're still able to distribute uh, food to those over a, a weekend. Albeit without the physical contact. If you're not a Christian, well, there's no better time to become one. Just give God all your mistakes, all the wrongs of the past. But give him not just that, but all your fears in the present right now. The death of Jesus was all to do with anything yuck, anything unhealthy, anything ugly, anything destructive to be able to be taken away. But until we give him the law and in faith, leave it there, then we're going to continue to carry the law. I hope that you're able to trust this God right now. It may well be a first time. It may well be as your own faith has been challenged afresh that you're forced to look in the mirror and take seriously what is it that you believe? We're going to pause for a time of quiet. And then there's going to be a short prayer reflecting on this being Mother's Day. And some of the array of, mo- of emotion that alongside coronavirus this day brings to the surface. And Leo and Charlene are going to lead us in that. After they've, uh, they've prayed, then I'll let you know what will happen next. But I want to say thank you for listening. Father God, thank you for this day when we can celebrate and acknowledge the love for our mothers. Help us not to just limit our thanksgiving to them to only one day, but lead us to truly making them feel valid always. Bless all the gifts they have and sacrifices they make to enhance and improve our lives. God Almighty, thank you for the privilege to be a mother. I pray for those women who long to have a child and those who are unable to. Bless them with an opportunity to give maternal love, to love those in need of nurturing. Help all us women to deliver the love that you instilled in us, to comfort and lead our children and teach them your ways, to be encouragers and to speak hope into their lives. Loving Father, please bless those women who adopt, foster and become a mother to a child they do not conceive, to the nans, grandmas, aunties and best friends that step up to mother when a child has lost their mum. Bless single mums. Thank you, God, that you can be the rock they stand on and an example of a father to us children. Your love is never-ending. We praise your name. Lord Jesus, please be our strength and guide through these unprecedented times. 
Help us to not fear and to fully lean into your promises and power. Your grace is enough. Help us to focus on joy, peace and love and use this time of isolation to connect with our families and children and enjoy precious time together. Jesus, I pray for comfort for all those who have lost a mother and those who never knew a mother's love. I also pray for all those mothers who will not be able to connect with their children this Mother's Day due to the current world crisis. We thank you, Lord, that we have technology to use to see and speak to each other. Bless us in finding new ways to connect to the church. The church is not a building. It always has and always will be your people. Loving God, I pray for protection over mothers who have to be key workers during this time. Please protect and strengthen us all. Bless and keep us and our families. Shine your face upon us. We, we ask this in your name. name. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, hi. Uh, thanks for that uh, focus there on Mother's Day from Leo and Charlene. Leo's one of our young people uh, in the church, and Charlene's one of our young people. Now, when we meet this church, one of the things that we do is have what we call celebrations. This is when we get our chocolate tin out, and we like to sort of like share uh, celebrations, maybe a time of encouragement together. And I'm hoping that people from the church can do this each week. Just let me know some of the stuff that's going on uh, in your world that we can celebrate together. Here's a few celebrations. I only discovered this week uh, that Tanya, who used to work with us, she got married last summer. I didn't know that. And I heard then this week that she's also expecting a baby. There you go. There's some good news. It's Tori's birthday this weekend. If you know how to contact Tori, why not send her a happy birthday uh, text this uh, weekend? And, of course, it's also Bethany Herring's birthday on Friday. Bethany is going to be six. Bethany, if you manage to watch this, I want to say a happy birthday to you and also to uh, Tori as well. Now, when we pass this chocolate tin around, of course, normally what we do is we actually distribute the chocolates. We can't do that, but it would be inappropriate for those chocolates to not be eaten so the celebration isn't fully uh, being seen as taking place. So, on your behalf, Tori... I want to say a happy birthday, a uh, very, very happy birthday, and I'll take that chocolate. Oh, that's really, really nice. It's a Mars bar for you. Bethany, this is for you as well. Happy birthday. Really do. Hope you have a great day on Friday. Think about it. Yeah. Mmm. Well, I need to maybe suck that one, not do that one. Mmm. So, that's our celebrations, but we've also got some encouragements. I've had a few. But listen to this. I got this from um, from Liz, our administrator. Excuse me talking with my mouth for I know that's ever so rude. She said, I was so concerned as to where this week's food, the food share, would come from. That I picked up the phone and was dialing Fair Share Go, which is a charity oversee all of our supermarket donations. The church phone rang exactly at that moment. So I boarded the call that I was making and spoke instead to the Country Food Trust. Within the hour, they delivered us, free of charge, a supply of stew and curry in the form of long-life meals that need no refrigeration, enough for 32 families. Oh, that chocolate is really, really nice. Mm. And then... She continues, yesterday, Fresh Food Bank let us know that they have half a sack of potatoes and onions for us today, and a bonus collection from Waitrose yesterday evening gave us half a crate of sprouts and seven pineapples. So we already have 
sufficient donations for a delivery this week. I spoke to one of the managers we worked with at Tesco yesterday. Now that everyone is restricted to three items, they're also very hopeful that our charity collections will be less affected as the weeks go by. What an amazing encouragement. I then got this. This is from a local church leader, a friend of mine called Ben. He said, look, with many of the churches having to close, our concern is for the many church-based ministries serving the most vulnerable in our community. Therefore, if any other donations or volunteering that any of the churches would, uh, if there are, sorry, any donations or volunteering that any of the churches would value from us, then please do let us know as we would love to help if we can. That's from Ben from Dorchester Family Church. So I've already been uh, on the phone to Ben and thanked him for that. How amazing. You may well be doing other good stuff in the community as well. In terms of for members of our church here, it's not just an encouragement, but it's something I want to challenge you with for this week. Three things that you can do. Three phone calls. You will know in the member section of our website that you can... <clears throat> that you can, there's uh, a director of church members there. Why don't you, one, phone someone that you know. Two, take a risk. Phone someone you don't know. Three, focus someone who lives on their own. I've been staggered by the feedback that I've had at the power that there is in a simple phone call. Many of us have a lot less to do, a lot less meetings, a lot less people contact. But it's important for us as church that we seek to maintain that connection. You can help in that. Each and every one of us that's a part of this church, we've all got a phone. We can pick up the phone to someone we know, someone we don't, and someone who's on their own. What better way can we be at a church than at a time like this as we seek to connect one with another. I'm going to hand over to Martin now. Uh, was handed this uh, this poem that was written uh, just over a week ago in the midst of the crisis. Uh, no idea who the person is that wrote it, but Martin will, will tell you uh, who it is. And he's going to read this poem in light of COVID-19. And then following that poem, there's going to be a short clip about four candles. Not that four candles. Uh, two Ronnies, No. This is for different candles, but I hope that you'll be blessed both as you listen to this poem that as Martin reads, and then as there's a short clip which hopefully will inspire each and every one of us to do our bit. A poem from Richard Hendrick, March the 13th, 2020. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there is even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and grey and clear. They say that in Italy, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that in the west of Ireland, a young woman is spreading flyers with her number through the neighbourhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. 
all over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbours in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. <coughs> so we pray and we remember that. Yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen. The birds are singing, the sky is clearing, and we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul, and though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. The Four Candles Four candles slowly burned. The ambiance was so soft, one could almost hear them talking. The first candle said, I am peace. The world is full of anger and fighting. Nobody can keep me lit. Then the flame of peace went out completely. The second candle said, I am faith. I am no longer indispensable. It doesn't make sense that I stay lit another moment. Then a breeze softly blew faith's flame. Sadly, the third candle began to speak. I am love. People don't understand my importance, so simply push me aside. They even forget to love those who are nearest to them. And waiting no longer, love's flame went out. Suddenly a child entered the room and saw the three unlit candles. Why aren't you burning? You're supposed to stay lit to the end. The child began to cry. Then the fourth candle answered. Don't be afraid. I am hope. While I am still burning, we can relight the other candles. With shining eyes, the child took the candle of hope and lit the other candles. The greatest of these is love. But the flame of hope should never go out of your life. With hope, each of us can live with peace, peace, faith and love. Dear God, you are my light and salvation. You are my hope. Please come into my heart. Forgive all my wrongs and give me your wonderful gift of eternal life. Help me to be an instrument of your love and cause your light to shine on others through me. Amen. Well, there we go. That's church as we know it in a very new way. It's felt a bit bizarre, I have to say, uh, me being just here. But I hope there's something that's been shared from God's word that's encouraged you. We ought to be a people of hope. We've got everything going for us to actually be that set people. And I hope that amidst the other bits and pieces that were brought to us, you felt connected in as to a small sample of what maybe church can be and indeed is. 
Over this coming week, we're going to be exploring other ways, so do keep connected in to our website, and hopefully we'll be able to download further ways uh, that we can actually be church together. If you're looking in, and this isn't normally you to think in terms of a faith perspective, or connecting in with our own uh, church, I want to say thanks for holding on in and hanging on in through at the entire uh, time that you've uh, been uh, clicked in. Hope that you'll continue to do that. If you've got any comments you want to pass back to us, do make contact. If you've got any questions, we'd love to hear from you. And any good news stories at all, please do share them. We'd love to put that away. This is an opportunity for us to seek to do our bit to put a smile on as many faces as we can in the midst of a time like this. God, want to say thank you for this opportunity to connect, not just one with another, but with you. Wherever we're at on our journey, we do pray that you might use these times for us to think about not just what's in the foreground, but what's in the background. Help us to marry the two together. Speak to us, encourage our hearts, and we pray that we might be able to own that sense of hope that you're wanting for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Well, that was uh, how it went out on Sunday morning. Um, I'm not sure how you're listening to this audio, but if you've got it on a CD, if you're blessed by it, why not think about passing it on to a friend or maybe even letting uh, somebody else uh, watch it online? at dorchestercommunitychurch.org.uk Hope things are okay with you and um, God bless you and may he have blessed you through this particular audio.